Hello there, wrestling fans. I'm Joe the Panther. And I'm the Metal Geek. And welcome to Dudes at Ringside Podcast. So, uh, Metal Geek, ready to start the show? Yeah. So, you want to introduce the guest, Joe? So, our guest today is a 10-time WCW Tag Team Champion member of Harlem Heat and a member of the New World Order. Let's give a warm dudes at ringside welcome to Stevie Ray. What's going on, guys? Hey, Stevie, welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, oh, no problem. No problem. Thank you so much for coming on. So yes. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's an honor and uh welcome. So uh Lance, you wanna you wanna start and answer the first question? Yeah. Yeah. Um how did you get your start in wrestling? Pretty much like like everybody else. I went to a wrestling school and the rest is history. Hey Joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I got my start. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joe? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, Stevie, do you have any uh, any funny uh, stories from the road? Like any funny road stories you have? No, not not really off the top of my head. Uh, if I'm having conversation, like uh, a couple of nights ago, I was interviewing the Godfather on my own podcast. And I saw we'll that. Start, you know, we'll start talking about different things. And different things will just come up, you know, like the night he – him myself and a friend of mine and my daughter and i met johnson and him were drag racing down the middle of river oaks part of houston well we all would have got put in jail if we had got caught you know stuff like that you know <laughs> in that part of town you know so you know how, and i had forgotten all about it until he started talking about it i was like wow man <laughs> dude, we did some crazy stuff back then and my daughter was she was like six years old and she was like mad that i had to take her home she wanted to hang out with her for the rest of the night because uh you know, she grew up around the wrestling business, so you know she's like, "Hey, it was yeah. one of those things." But stuff like that, now, nah, I mean, it's you know, people have to trigger stuff in my mind. You know, when you talk about wrestling stories, um, off the cuff like that, because I don't really think about I don't really think about the past mm. unless something unless somebody jogs something in my memory. You know, interesting. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. hmm? go ahead. Go, go ahead, Geek. I was just gonna say something. Sorry. If you could wrestle any tag team today, who would you wrestle? It don't matter. I'm saying it didn't like matter. Today. It didn't matter back then. Didn't matter. Don't matter today. <laughs> Thing about the wrestling business, I look at it. I look. I don't look at it like a fan, like you guys do. Mm-hmm. I look at it as business. Mm-hmm. So if business get puts me in the ring with somebody, who gives a shit who it is? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> that's it you know? that's a good one that's good you know, i'm just saying i mean i'm just saying i'm not trying to be facetious or anything like that it's just uh i don't say oh i wish i could have uh, one day i wish i could have did that. now i might do that with people in the past yeah before my you know before i came up i might go man i told tony atlas this one time i said man i wish me and my brother could have worked with you and rocky johnson mm-hmm. you know i remember telling him that one day because i really admired them 
trying to get into the business back in those days. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, I'm more of a history person instead of a today or tomorrow when it comes to wrestling. Mm. So you like the guys in the past, basically, right? I like all I like all wrestling. I'm just saying as it pertains to what you were just asking me. Mm-hmm. I don't admire people like I admire people when I'm trying to do something. It's just like in football, you know, when I when I played football in high school, you know, guys in the pros, they made me want to play harder. Or when I played when I ran track and field, I watched the Olympics and that made me run run harder because I'm a high school kid wanting to be where these guys are. Mm-hmm. Well, that's different than I've already did something. I'm already in the Hall of Fame, and then I'm looking at people today and wanting to be in the ring. No, I don't. I don't look at the people like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You look at the people that inspire you mm-hmm. when you're trying to get somewhere. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Stevie, like, if there's a, it was a kid out there that wanted to become a wrestler, what would you tell them? Find another job. try to be something else because the wrestling game today i'm not trying to break anybody's spirits but it's just not the same today that used to be back when i came up it's so but if somebody got a dream i'm not going to try to stop someone's dream if somebody got a dream the only thing i can tell you is good luck be persistent keep your head on right and who knows what might happen that's the only thing you can tell them because the business is so saturated now that it's not people don't get into it for the love of the game like what we did we got into it because we actually we never had any aspirations we didn't look at tv and go you know hey one day we're going to be this we ain't ever had any aspirations of being a tag team that was somebody else's idea mm-hmm. but we just wanted to try it because we knew we were good athletes but we never knew it was going to work out the way it was so we didn't like nowadays a kid is sitting in his room on his computer and you know, dreaming of being the next Stone Cold Steve Austin or, or The Rock or something like that, and he will pay any kind of money to do it because it ain't the love for the wrestling game. It's the love of show business and being somebody. Mm-hmm. I never cared about being famous. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to – I just love wrestling. I just wanted to wrestle. Mm-hmm. The only time I felt good around wrestling is when I was in the ring. I could really could give a shit about all the other bullshit that went on in the dressing room and – all the shit going up and down the road and the stuff that you hear people talk about on these shoot interviews that this happened, that happened, all that other kind of bunk, man. I never cared about that kind of shit, man. Hmm. I cared about wrestling. That's it. But now I'm, I'm, a, I'm cut from a different cloth, though, mm-hmm. because I already had a successful business before I ever got in the wrestling business. So it wasn't the first thing I ever did and been successful at. So I look at it a little different. Hmm. Again, uh, some questions from the comments. Is it possible you can answer those? or uh... What was that? We got some questions from the comments. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Hey, Stevie, I'm a New York guy. I'm wondering about your connection to Harlem with the old tag team, with with your ta- old tag team. Yeah, with I'm your reading brother. it. I don't, know. I don't even know what he's asking. My so, connection to Harlem? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have a connection to Harlem. I have a connection to pro wrestling. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, he's talking about your tag team name with uh, Booker. So, like, I know exactly what he's talking about. That's why I answered it the way I did. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. have a connection to Harlem, mm-hmm. other than the fact that I've been there several times. Mm-hmm. I have another question for you, Stevie. Um, mm-hmm. 
So do you have any like interesting stories from, from uh, Sherry? Like any stories, like good stories? Other than the fact that Sherry was a super professional, super professional and really actually helped me and my brother out a whole lot as far as the, you know, certain things when we putting certain things together and trying to get our package together. And she was a great, great help. And man, brother, we, we had some good times, man. And especially in the house shows, we had some good times. But uh, she would, she, I mean, some of the stuff that she would do, we, we, we didn't even call, you know, we had some of the guys we were working against and stuff like that. <laughs> and she, she would do something, man, and, you know, guys didn't even know it was coming. We didn't know it was coming either, you know. <laughs> like one night she hit, she hit Jim, Jim Duggan in the face, slapped him in the face. <laughs> 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 I got him on the ground. He got I'm like, man, get back down. Man, he was mad, man. <laughs> oh my golly, man. I, me and my brother laughed about that for years, man. And she, man, Sherry, she slapped me. I wasn't even ready for it. I, I didn't know what was coming either. That's how them, that's how they own my flops, dog. That's wrestling business. She took off running, man. It was so funny. I, I still remember it like it was yesterday, man. We don't know what she was like. I couldn't resist it. He said his face was right there. I couldn't resist it. I was like, <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah, man. That's some of the stuff we used to do on the road, man. Oh, she God was like one of my God. favorite managers. She was my God. favorite, one of my favorite heel managers next to Bobby. She was my yeah. favorite. Just her aura when she came out yeah. to the ring with the wrestlers, mm-hmm. you knew she meant business, and that's why she was there. Right. Right. <laughs> my friends would get mad at me as a little kid. I'm like, you like Elizabeth or Sherry? I'm like, you nuts! You fucking love Sherry because she's yeah. she's always with the best guys. With you yeah, guys, DiBiase, she had all the she had all the all she yeah, had all yeah. the best teams. Whole second career, man. Whole second career. Best teams. Yeah. Best teams, man. <laughs> I would get as a little kid. I'm 37. I get arguments at like 13 years old. How can you like sensational Sherry? I'm like. Uh-huh. Nah, this, I hear you. Just Sherry. Sure. <laughs> like I said, Sherry. She was a real professional, man. And she's it missed. was an advantage for us to have her with us. <laughs> yes. Oh, there we go. There you go. Did your role work good as an NWO member once your brother got a single push? Professional wrestling is professional wrestling. It's very subjective. The role in the NWA really had nothing to do with my brother's single push. My brother's single push didn't come to after I got out of the NWO. Mm-hmm. If people can remember correctly. Mm-hmm. The only reason my brother was in the uh, doing singles matches because I got injured and I had to leave for a while. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people should go back and look at the tape and you you almost a year off mm-hmm. from what you're asking. It's hmm. interesting. Hmm. What's your roughest fight you ever had? My roughest fight? Yeah, the toughest fight. Well, it says rough on this side. Oh. Yeah. So roughest fight, roughest fight. I really don't understand the question. 
I guess he meant like what was like the toughest match. Man, I, I don't give a shit about a match. All <laughs> matches are tough, man. I mean, yeah. wrestling is professional wrestling. I, you know, like I say, I don't look at it like a kid or I don't look at it like a fan. It's mm-hmm. my job to work hard on a nightly basis, regardless who's the opponents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We're all in the same game. We're all wrestling. Mm-hmm. I don't give a ain't none of them tough for us. I'm concerned because I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, I'm not trying to be facetious or anything like that. It's just the fact that, like I say, I, 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 you ain't talking to Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. You ain't talking to Mike Tyson or Evander Holyfield. You're talking to Stevie fucking Ray. Right. No, no, I'm just saying. So when you say what's tough, this, that, and I know they're trying to ask questions because they really don't know how the business works and stuff of that nature. But mm. what's the tough? What's the? Let's say if you ask me, what's the craziest match? There now that would be That's more um, something for me to answer. Mm-hmm. What's the craziest match you've ever been in? Now I can mm-hmm. answer that very easily. But the toughest match? What the fuck can somebody in pro wrestling do to me? Maybe thinks what? he meant. Maybe thinks he hit who hit bite, the bite my big bite my big toe or something like that. What? Maybe he thinks like who hit the hardest. Basically, that's that could be the toughest match. You'd say, Bruh. Who hit the hardest? That's what I'm guessing he's he's talking about. Well, I'm just being honest. I mean, every night is tough. Mm-hmm. Everything, because there's more than one way to be tough. Mm-hmm. Some guys are harder to work with than other guys. Some guys move faster than other guys. Some guys are just more girthier than more guys. But at the end of the night, you have to adjust mm-hmm. to put on a show. You have to adjust. You know which one is tougher? Well, at the end of the night, they're all tough in, in several different ways. But at the mm-hmm. end of the night, you got to put the show on. The show must go on, and you got to make a good showing for the people that paid their money to see it. Mm-hmm. Yep. He wrote, "Sorry, I meant toughest." <laughs> okay. He's, I know, and I, I figured that. But the answer, the, the answer is the same, though. He's mm-hmm. the guy that he drew. He's the guy that drew our logo for our podcast. No, okay. Yes, that's Joe. No, that, Joe, the, the artist. Answers, from, okay. From it's all good. I'm just letting. I'm just letting you know. And I mean, tough. Brother, you know what? A lot of fans think wrestlers are super tough guys. I just never looked at wrestlers as tough people. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people think people are tough. They can play tough. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. People think he's a tough guy. He's the biggest pussy on earth, as I'm concerned. Wow. Like, oh, here we go. I got another question for you, Stevie. Out of the 10 tag team titles you won in WCW, oh. which which title victory was the sweetest? I don't even all? remember. Wow. I don't even remember. I remember the first time when we won the uh, tag team belts in Global. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that more than the rest of them. I don't, ever, I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. It was just work. To me so it's just like going to work when you go to work and you get a title it's a title okay to put the title on you big deal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we've gotten to a certain level now but now what can we do with the titles mm. are you just going to be a one-hit wonder or are you going to be here for a while 
So the first one was no different from the last one. It was work. My dad asked I, I never counted them. Somebody came and told me that it was 10 times. Oh, I, wow. never, I really never gave two shits about that's scenery for the public. That's for the fans to get off on. Man, I'm just I just go to work. Mm-hmm. I just go to work, and if the office say hey, we're putting the tires on you, so fucking be it, man. I gotta go to work. <laughs> it's just like if you drive a forklift, you know, and they want you to unload a hundred boxes today. I gotta unload a hundred fucking boxes off a train today. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I might not have any to do tomorrow. It's work. That's what that's how I get my money, pay my bills, and feed my family. Yep. I mean, I hate to beat sound like that, but that's like I say, I'm cut from a different cloth when it comes to professional wrestling. I never revered it like most wrestlers do. It was a job to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to work looking at other guys and being fans of them. They were just other human beings to me mm-hmm. in the locker room that mm-hmm. I was cool with or mm-hmm. or associates with. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to necessarily say we was, you know, I called everybody with friends, but when I left my job, man, I ain't thinking about wrestling and I ain't thinking about the wrestlers. When I leave my job, I ain't thinking about a title. I ain't thinking about none of that shit, man. I'm sorry. I don't know what more to tell you. I am, I'm the shittiest guy to interview about professional wrestling. I'm going to be honest mm-hmm. because I'm no, I'm no fun when it comes to it mm-hmm. because I don't look at it like most people do. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just don't. That's, it's completely fine, Stevie. Oh uh, no, that's I, that's people. You I didn't get the, the name truth. straight. I didn't get the name straight shooting Stevie Ray because I gave it to myself. It, people in the business gave it to me because I don't know but one way to talk. Mm-hmm. That's and when someone asks me about things I've never thought about. Oh wow, man, look at that! I ain't even got. I just sold my house a year and a half ago. I had one room in my house where you can see wrestling stuff in. One room, one. And if you didn't go in that room, you never know what I did for a living. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, some people got themselves big pictures and stuff like that all over the house of them and all their accomplishments and stuff like that. Man, I'm just glad people remember me. <laughs> and my dad asked me uh, when I told him, like, we have you on my show. He was standing next to me. I was outside my job. I work in a supermarket. Okay. And he's like, oh, we got Stevie Ray. He's like, Oh, that's so that's great, Randy. It's great. And then he was like, I "Should ask him this question? Okay. Does he have all ten of his tag team titles? I ain't got one. Wow. I ain't got one. <laughs> wow. I ain't got one. Wow. <laughs> I'll tell him that tomorrow morning. That's... I tell him. I mean, I tell him myself. I ain't got one. Wow. I don't want that. What about? I, man, I don't want that. I don't want those little regular-ass bullshit belts that we had back in the day. Mm. You know, guys got the good nap. He had belts like they got today. Yeah, I probably would have replicas of them. Mm-hmm. Those are the raggediest, shittiest belts in the history of mankind that we used to wear around, bro. Oh, wow. I don't want that shit around my house, man. Mm. That's, I, that's, that's my dad. I think my I think my, uh, my cousin had a question for Stevie in the comments. What's, what was it? Uh, hold on. Where is it? There we go. Stevie just joined the stream. Wanted to know if the wrestling was something you pursued growing up. Man, I ain't never thought about wrestling growing up if something grew toward it later. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to try it. You know, guy was opening up a wrestling school, and I told my brother, hey, man, the guy opened up a wrestling school. 
Think we ought to try it out. Yeah, let's go try it out. That's how it all happened. Hmm. If God never opened up a wrestling, I would have never thought about being a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I ain't never thought of growing up being a wrestler. Who does that? Like I say, kids today do that because wrestling is a part of pop culture. When I was growing up, wrestling was a subculture. Mm-hmm. Subculture mean, you know, you didn't really know the ins and outs of really getting into the business. But uh, like I said earlier on the show, I never thought, we just wanted to try it. It's like when I was a kid and I walked into a karate gym, just wanted to try it. Uh, when I was a kid, guy had opened up a boxing uh, type thing and it was near my house and me and my friends would walk over there and guy, you know, helping kids do stuff to keep them off the streets in the summertime. And you learn how to throw punches and hit the bag and you know, and this kind of stuff. We never thought about. I never thought about being a professional boxer or, or some karate guy. We just something to do in the summertime. And I looked at uh, professional wrestling the same way. It's like, guy, oh man, that'd be cool. We can go, man. We might can get on local TV or something like that. And it was something to do, like a like a hobby, mm-hmm. I, you know. But everything turned out the way it did, and I'm grateful for that. But no, nah, I never had any dreams or aspirations of ever being a professional wrestler ever. Mm-hmm. But once I got into it, I was like, I want to be the best I can possibly be at, be at it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually had a question. Um, it, it's, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but at the 2019... Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> at the 2019 Royal Rumble, there was speculation that you and your brother were supposed to come back for... Uh... I have no... I have... I have... I've never heard that, and I wouldn't know anything about it. Okay. All right. So... I don't I, like I, I don't what do these speculations come from because ain't nobody talked with me about it <laughs> all right just if the money was right yeah the mm-hmm. money ain't right no <laughs> it ain't rock it ain't it ain't rocket science when it comes to me bro mm-hmm. how big is your check yeah mm-hmm. there you go <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah steady paycheck and I believe anything yeah, you said nah, ain't nobody told me about it it, it might have been some speculation but they probably said nah ain't no need to ask him yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was your workout schedule? What was your work? What was your workout schedule like while wrestling? Getting injured in a contest fear with any getting injured is a constant fear. Yeah, that's a good question. Very good question. Um, but in all actuality, I don't really think about getting hurt. It's a part of the game. Whenever you use your body to make a living, you're going to get hurt. So you just got to be ready to accept that. And my workout regimen, I got up in the morning and find a local gym if I'm on the road, try to work the kinks out, stuff like that, then leave there, go get a good meal, go back to my hotel, try to rest a little bit, get up, go do the show, and do it all over again the next day. Mm -hmm. And you might do that 25, 30 days in a row. Mm -hmm. So... That was my workout schedule, and that was pretty much how it is on the road. You drive, fly to some towns, you drive to some towns, and you just got to make the shots. And if you're injured, hey, you don't like your job, quit. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I tell those, you tell all these little whiny kids I work with in my grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> we both work in grocery stores, so we, we know I work. I work as a re, uh, stalker slash mm-hmm. everything in the store and metal geeky uh, 
he Most stocks Pepsi's and Cokes. <laughs> like, right, right. And anyway, yeah. really quick, this interview is powered by Key Food in Milford. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's my job. I'll, my boss let me do that. I hope I answered that for him. Cool. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Dave. Something, yeah. Um, If you could go back and tell yourself when mm-hmm. you first joined that school, mm-hmm. if you like, can tell yourself now, tell yourself about the wrestling business now, back mm-hmm. then, like, what would you tell yourself? I know, probably didn't come up. I, I right. pretty much, I pretty much live by the same principles. You know, what's going on now really truly had nothing to do with back then. So I wouldn't look at it that way. <laughs> I pretty much live by the same principles as to work hard, be on time, and do what you're told. Mm-hmm. That's any job. That's any business I've been a part of. That's any job I've ever had. I basically got the same mindset. I really don't fuck with a lot of people on a personal level because I got such tunnel vision. And I would refuse to let my tunnel vision be interrupted by anything when I'm trying to accomplish something. <laughs> That's just me. That's just how I'm built. I don't care if I'm making $2 an hour or $200,000. I give it the same 100%. Mm-hmm. And it's got nothing to do with the wrestling business. It's business, period. Hmm. You know, you cool with me, I'm cool with you. You fuck with me, I'm going to fuck with you. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Get the fuck out of my way, I get the fuck out of yours. That's just the way I was raised. You know, I was raised like that, you know, in my family. And I don't know no other way. I don't know no other way to be. That's just the way it, that's just the cloth I'm cut from, man. I just, in you know, a lot of people think it's harsh, but I'm, I'm just a tunnel vision person. Mm-hmm. I try to do as good as I can. I tell people out there, I ain't never been the best at anything. But ain't no punk in me either. When I time for me to show up, I show up. If I'm supposed to be there, I'm going to be there. Just the way it is. So that's what I would tell myself. I live by the same principles mm-hmm. in life. I, I appreciate you telling the truth, Stevie, by the way. You know? Well, I hope everybody that come on your show tell the truth. I, yes. All right. Um, I just don't sugarcoat it. I I, I appreciate that. You know, right? I, we I we count our show as a pretty much a straight up shooting podcast. Yeah. We are not. Cool. We don't sugarcoat, and as I said, that's why a metal geek made our thing. M. We don't hold back here at dudes at ringside. Mm-hmm. We are straight up motherfuckers <laughs> you know, like like i said a lot of people talk about wrestling totally different than i do mm-hmm. uh, i i never live breathe you know professional wrestling it was just a part of my life a part yeah. it never was my whole life mm-hmm. like people think like people think it is you know like it never was my whole life mm-hmm. it was just a job and I don't know how to look at anything other than a job, even though it was a job in front of the people. It took me years to even realize that the to reflect. It took a while that I didn't even know what kind of difference me and my brother were making on people, especially people from our own community. I didn't even realize it. Mm. I didn't realize it because I was so tunnel vision on my job. You know what I'm saying? That I didn't even think about the repercussions of how it was changing other people's lives. I never thought about it. And then 
I started to notice it little by little. I went to pick my daughter up from school one day, and she was in the first grade, I think. I think she's in the first first grade. And they would let me come to get her early if I was out of if I wasn't on the road. And when I would come home, I would go pick her up from school just to let her know I was home. Mm. And uh the teacher would always let me go pick her up. I don't know, five minutes early, ten minutes early, so didn't get caught when the bell rings and all the kids get out of school. Well, I was late one day. I was late one day because I had an accident. I didn't have an accident, but some it was like a chain reaction behind me. And I was in uh my core my Corvette. I had a Corvette. I had I've had like eight Corvettes. And I was in one of the Corvettes I had, I think it was like a mid-90s Corvette. And I just wanted to pull it out and drive it that day. And um, I'm sitting at a light, and you hear boom, boom, boom. I'm like, what's that? This car is hitting each other from behind. And the last car hit me. <laughs> but it barely wow. touched me. It barely touched me, though. And I get out of my car, man, all these people out looking at the cars. And this one lady who started the chain reaction, she's got her insurance. I got my insurance. Yeah, I'm like, oh, God. I, I'm like, I look at my watch, and I'm like, oh, God, school is... And I looked at back of my car. You didn't, you know, because the Corvette had the uh, compression bumper on it, you know, so it didn't bother it. So I'm like, hey, I hope all y'all fine. They said, yeah. I jumped in my car, headed toward the school, but the bell had rung. So I'm, I run to this, my daughter's class, and the teacher said, oh, no, she already left. And she was, when she leaves early, if I don't pick her up, she gets on the after, afternoon bus and takes her to daycare until yeah. her mother comes pick her up from day, daycare. Mm. So I went out to look and see if that bus was still on the side of the street because usually I sit over there for a few other few minutes and wait till all the kids get on there. But the bus was gone. And I'm like, golly. So one little kid. One little kid. Now the school didn't let out and you got a zillion people out here. One kid like, hey, that's Stevie Ray. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh God, you know what I'm saying? Hey, Stevie Ray, Stevie Ray. Then all the other kids looked it's like the whole school. Oh shit. Start to bum rush me and stuff. And the teachers, and I was like, this is freaking me out. I'm freaking out. These are elementary school kids, you know, these are not high school kids, you know. And I think it went from first to fifth. First grade to fifth grade. And they were like, hey, Stevie Ray. They grabbing me and stuff like that. But you know, the only thing saved me, the teachers didn't know who I was. Oh, geez. So the teachers start making the kids get off of that. Get off of that man. Get off of that man. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get to my car so I can go to the daycare place. But the, the bus gotta go to different schools before they get back to the daycare place. They might have to go to two or three schools. So I didn't know which other schools they went to, but you know, it's always other schools they go to. But uh and the teachers started getting the kids off me, and they were trying to explain to the teachers, don't you understand? That's Stevie Ray. And the teachers didn't want to hear it at all. They were like, get off that man, get off that man. And finally one teacher comes up to me and she goes, I'm sorry, sir. They think you somebody. Name Stevie something, you know, and I'm going, yeah, ma'am, I get that all the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad you, and I got in my car and I left. <laughs> and I was like, I, yeah. because 
that's the moment I was like, wow, man, I'm really having an impact on people's lives. And I never knew this. Mm-hmm. Never knew it. It's little kids. So when we started to go to different places, because by the fact that I was a heel in those days, even people in the airport really didn't want to speak to me because they did, they thought I was like the guy on television. Mm. See what I'm saying? They thought I was like the guy on television. Wasn't like today. I don't care what you are as far as the TV show today. Fans going to always come up to you. But back yeah. in these days, you know, they seen Stevie Ray walking in the airport. Well, they didn't know. They, they think I'm like that guy. I'm ready to kick your head in. So people would rarely ever come up and say, can I have an autograph or shake your hand or something like that? Mm-hmm. Because my mind wasn't on it anyway. My mind, I'm not even thinking about fans when I'm traveling. I'm just trying to get to one show to the other. So mm-hmm. like I said, it took me a long time. And then me and my brother was in Vegas. And Frankie Valley. uh, and the Four Seasons was performing at a hotel. And me and my brother was in um, that hotel eating dinner one afternoon. And we seen a guy cross the way that looked like Frankie Valley. And I went up to him and asked him, was he Frankie Valley? And my brother was like, man, don't go ask him, man. You know, he gonna... I'm like, no, nah, I ain't never approached nobody in my life. I said, that Frankie Valley, I'm gonna go find out. And my brother's like, okay, man, if you curse your ass out, don't say nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You know how you are when you, you know how you are when you eating. I said, but hey, he's not eating, man. He's just sitting there here with another guy. And he's like, all right, man, tell your ass, go on over there. If you curse your ass out, don't come back over here crying to me. All right. So, because I ain't never approached nobody in my life. And I went over and I said, excuse me, sir, my name is Stephen Ray. I would like to know, are you Frankie Valley? And he goes, yeah, Frankie Valley. And, uh, he said, what's your name? I said, Stevie Ray. I'm a professional wrestler. And the guy with him goes, I know you. You one of those Harlem brothers. He said, where's, he said, where's Sherry? And the other guy was his manager. I go, Sherry, she's back at the hotel. And then Frankie goes, yeah, man, my kids watch you. Where's your brother? I said, uh, he's sitting over there. Tell him to come over here. That, then I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Frankie Valley know who I am? <laughs> wow so that's that's what i'm talking about i never you know like everybody want to be famous on social media now yeah you know people you know make themselves you know their followers and stuff of that nature i never thought about people watching harlem heat i yep. never thought about it to that degree i was just like trying to be my peers you know i was like i'm I hope the people behind, you know, the man, people that run the show and stuff like that, as long as they're telling us, hey, that was a good match, and the guys we worked with, hey, man, that was good. That was my satisfaction. I never cared about all the other stuff. I never even did. Then I started noticing I got to be more open with my own people. You know, not my own people, just fans, period. I got to be more open with them. Because I would go out. Let's say if I'm home and I go out to a club or something like that, and somebody come up and say, hey, man, Stevie Ray, I go, yeah. Hey, man, uh, can I buy you a drink? And, yeah, cool. Buy me a drink. Uh, beer, man. I will never take a mixed drink for anybody. But, uh, yeah. hey, man, you know, blah, blah, blah. Man, we just, they start wanting to introduce you to their friends and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey, dog, 
chill out. I didn't come here to be Stevie Ray. I came here to have a drink. You guys want to talk about wrestling, go do it on somebody else's time. So then people thought I was rude, but I didn't know how to play that game. You know, I didn't know how to play that game then. So it took me a lot of adjustments to really get used to what you call fame because I never cared about being famous. <laughs> so it's a big adjustment. <laughs> Yeah, like in in my family, as you know, I've told you about my grandfather, my dad. I grew up, that's the other reason why I became a wrestling fan, because my grandfather being a professional wrestler in the 50s and 60s, and he used Mm -hmm. to tell me the stories from his his house was like, for the wrestlers, it was like almost like a haven, like the Haystacks, Calhouns, and those guys would go to my dad's house, like apartment building they had in, in the city. Mm-hmm. And they'd all hang out with my grandfather and drink Rangold's beers after the show. And and my dad was told by my gra- by by his dad, my grandfather, I mean, he's like, oh, he was a Haystack's a good guy. How can I hang out with him? It's a gimmick. And you mm-hmm. can never let the gimmick die. You it's always not. have to let it live. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I use... The name Quinone, the Panther Junior, is because my grandfather was the Panther, and now I remember you telling me that I'm the Junior, so mm-hmm. I'm keeping his name, nickname. I was going to use the full name, but it's kind of long. Mm-hmm. But I'm keeping his name alive in the business, and all the stories I heard made me want to become a wrestling fan so oh, okay. bad that I was okay, like, cool. and also as my friends said in high school and in college. Now you have every mic drop, every wrestling fan. He's like, oh, oh, was your grandfather a professional wrestler? Mm-hmm. And then a the conversation always used to end with, thanks a lot, Joe. And then they storm off. <laughs> it storm right. off on me. Right. But yeah. And then seeing you guys, I was like, wow. These guys got it. I yeah, appreciate that. They got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any more questions, mm-hmm. Geek? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got one. I know you might. Um, I gotta ask this one though. But was there anyone that you learned something from, or like I learned from? I learned something from, uh, you know, a, a plethora of people. Like, like who's like the best? Everybody, person? you name them, I learned something from. It could be something minute. It could be something big. If you're not learning something in the wrestling business on a daily basis, you might as well get the fuck out of it. Yeah, that. I'm I'm saying like who's the best person you learn something from? There ain't no best. No. There ain't no best. Like I say, I don't look at these guys as fans, they're peers. Yeah. So but you learn little things from everybody on a daily basis. I mean, mm-hmm. it could be one single solitary sentence. Mm-hmm. It could be how other people carry themselves. It could be how other people take care of themselves. It can be how other people approach other people and how they communicate with other people. So on and so forth. Isn't your but it's as far as, you know, when you're green, you got the guy, the older guys above you that's wrestled, you know, years before you, you know, teaching you. You're always learning. Mm-hmm. You're always learning from the time you get into the sport because nobody gets into the sport and be – everybody is a contender before they become a champion. Mm-hmm. Or you might just be an everyday jabroni before you become a contender. It's a natural progression. It's a natural progression. But my best advice came from the guy that trained us, and that's because he taught us what to look for 
if we if we ever made it, mm-hmm. which was more important because you had to, we had to remember that. So we're knowing how to carry ourselves. And this guy named Scott Casey, Scott Casey gave us a lot of how told us how the business was as far as how it pertains to an African-American. If you guys ever made it to the big time and we never forgot not one word that he said. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like I said, it's a natural progression. Okay. I'm, I, I might ask. I might ask another one. Um, do you enjoy movies or uh, music or? Uh... Of course, I do. Yeah, yeah. What, what's your some of your favorite movies? Oh God, man! I man, movies all the way back to The Wizard of Oz. Oh wow! One of my wow. one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ten Commandments. One of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, you know. But yeah, I mean, oh man, so many movies from when I was a child. And movies lately, or, you know, in the last 10, 15 years <laughs> also. So, you know, uh, certain things you grew up on, certain things that, you know, you kind of got uh, gradu- gravitate to today. I like good movies, mm-hmm. good movies, you know, I th- I think and, I like my... good, and I like good music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I got another one for you, Stevie. What's what that? is your favorite food? My favorite food? I think it's changed over the years. <laughs> Every so many years, it changes, you know. But uh, um, probably ground beef. Ground beef. Or steak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something in that, something red. <laughs> yeah. I'm a red meat guy. My house. Don't eat a like- lot of it. Don't eat a lot of it, a lot of it, but still, I'm a red, I'm a red meat guy. <laughs> In my yeah. house, it's always a nice thing of rice and beans, banil, you know, big yeah. pork thigh. Yeah, yeah. Big Puerto Rican family. That, always... That's fine, too, but throw, throw me some red meat in it, and it was all good. Yeah, <laughs> man, get your nice yeah, big steak you know and some big thing of all, rice and all beans. All of that. All of that. But you throw me something else out there, and we good, bro. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll drop you the address. Come over some rice and beans, some steak. Come to Pennsylvania. You, yeah. know, you know, hang out. You hang out the that's right, house. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You For might me, like to hang out and talk about stories about wrestling and life. And <laughs> I'll even drop you the address. You can come hang out. <laughs> For me, it's yeah, burgers. I think that's my favorite school. Huh? What was that? For me, For me, it's burgers and pasta. That's my favorites. You know? Bur- burgers and pasta? Okay. Yeah, Big ZD is my, one of my favorite right. meals. Yeah. Right. I stopped eating pasta for a long time. Then I started back about close to a year ago. <laughs> yeah, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. I started back, you know, so not a whole lot, but I I enjoy. It. I think I do. I do enjoy pasta. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do enjoy it. I always keep Roman numer- Roman noodles around my house just in case. Mm-hmm. Like if I can't get something to eat real quick, you know what I'm saying? I boil some water, throw it in the thing, let it sit for about five minutes, and it's boom, it's gone. Don't can't don't don't help me with nothing, but at least it kind of <laughs> crave the appetite for a second, you know, to get me. You know, maybe I can go to sleep or something without being hungry. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, with all this stuff going on in the world, what uh-huh. person have you been closest contact with, like out of, of everybody that you know from the wrestling business, like with this going on in the world? I don't really communicate with people in the wrestling business other than me and Vince Russo do a podcast together. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, uh, Ernest Miller and Sonny Ono and I could do a podcast together. Ernest yeah, Miller I saw that we were being uh, watching. watching. We, we were yeah. watching it. We watched yeah. you guys. Right. It was a good show. <laughs> I don't know which one. Which one you guys watch? We watched uh, Sonny. Sonny. Uh, last couple of weeks. We do yeah. it every, every Tuesday. Yeah, we watched it. We both watched it on Twitch. It was very, it was very good. We watched <laughs> was it. That this, this week or last week? No, I think this it was week. this week. This week. This week. This, this week. week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah you were talking so... about the Hall of Fame and everything with Sonny, you know? I did? Yeah, I think you were talking about the Hall of Fame. Oh, when people was asking me about yeah, the whole thing to be in the Hall of Fame yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Then Sonny start naming all the Japanese people. Yeah, I was like, I, was yeah, I, didn't, I didn't want to tell him. I was like, hey, man, none of these guys going in. I'm telling you, you better get a Japanese Hall of Fame. Yeah, I was I, telling you know, him. I didn't want to tell him talking that. about uh, <laughs> the bomb and everything. I went like this. Say what now? Oh, you were talking about um the bomb and <laughs> something like that. I was like. Oh, that I said, those guys should never get a bomb because you might yeah. use it. <laughs> I was like. I called. I called him twice. I was like, "Do we? Do we? Can we, can we come? What? What do we do?" He's like, he was, "Metal Geek was freaking out on the phone. What do we do?" And I'm like, "We can talk about anything with Stevie. He's straight up, man. He's, he's one of the boys. He, he don't care. He doesn't give a the fuck what talk about, man. Don't worry. He's chill, man. He's chill. He's cool. And, and like, no, no. we get into that a lot, man. Yeah." I was like, I, I remember, I don't remember the show. I remember the bits and pieces because you guys just brought it up. Yeah. That's similar to how when you say, hey, you got any stories. I can remember stuff because I know Sonny would say something to trigger something <laughs> in my mind. If nothing gets triggered, man, I ain't thinking about nothing. I'm like sitting around looking at the wall. But, you know, I think I said, I think we got all mad about you know, well, I say, well, you know how you, you know how y'all are, man. You know, y'all like to sneak up on people on Sunday, <laughs> on Sunday mornings. You know, what I'm saying? you know, when everybody in church, that's when you want to come and do something. You know, what I'm saying? so yeah. we 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 go. <laughs> then he'll say stuff like, you know, hey man, you know what, do you know what tribe, what tribe you from, or something like that. Yeah, that's what we're all like. But no, I'm gonna be honest with you. That's how me and Sonny has always talked to each other since we met. And yeah. I think this is 1993 or four. Yeah. When we first met, mm-hmm. we've talked once we got cool with each other. Sonny reminds me of like little Hispanic kids or little white kids that I went to school with when I was in high school. Mm. This is how we talked to each other. You know what I'm saying? People don't realize with all the civil unrest that's going on today, I grew up with Hispanic kids and white kids and we didn't do nothing but talk about each other's culture. And if we was allowed to talk about each other's culture in a jokingly way, because we're all athletes, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. That's when you know you're cool with somebody. Hey man, you think your mama, you think your mama can make me some tacos tonight if I come over, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey man, you think, your mama, you think your mama can make me some collard greens if I come over next week? You know, stuff like that. And nobody, I, I don't ever, 
remember seeing anybody pissed off at each other over stuff like that. Now, you might have seen people get pissed off at each other on the football field, on the basketball court. You know, you might have fouled me hard. You might have blocked me. You know, that kind of stuff because emotions are rising. I don't ever remember anybody in junior high or high school having racial tensions over bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember no shit like that. If it was, it was kept incognito because we all lived on the same streets. We all went to the same school. Everybody hung around each other. Everybody was cool. And I see this shit. This was late 70s. Now here it is in the 2010s, 15s, 20. And now we're seeing this shit inverted like it's back in the 50s. What a fucked up world we live in, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, where is, I live... How do you get dumber with age? How do you get yeah. stupider with age? How do you get more complacent as two? You can't respect somebody with age. How does that happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, stuff that's going on in the world, the, pe- the uh, people are just walking up to, to Asian people and, like, punching them in the face. I, like, I what, what is with these people? Yeah. How, like, do we get to, how do we get to this, bro? How do we get to such an occultist-type mentality? Something that we've been fighting for years. That is why Sonny and I can joke about these. Like, what the conversation y'all heard the other night. Yeah. Most people ain't going to go there. Yeah. No. They're not going to go there with each other mm-hmm. because they're afraid to. Yeah. I know when a person has love for me mm-hmm. because he can go there with me and I can go there with him. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. real, true love. Because what... The differences that we have as people is what makes this, that's supposed to make this nation unique and strong because that is the uniqueness. When, the, you, when you have an Olympics every four years and the United States walk out with their red, white, and blue suits on and their flags, you might see 50 different nationalities representing one country. How many other countries has that? Not much. No. None. 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 None at all. Zero. Nada. <laughs> Zero. Zero. They might yeah. have somebody representing uh, Italy. They might have a Greek grandfather or something like that, or a Spanish grand. A couple of people. Might be a few in the country, but how many of y'all made the Olympic team? That's what I'm talking about. So when you see the Asian guy, the black guy, the Italian guy, the Greek guy, the English guy, the Mexican guy, all representing the same country, and you don't have some kind of respect for that, you are a fucked up individual. That's true. Because the whole world looks at that and go, damn, we all the same. We can't even get along with each other. Yep. Anybody ever notice that? It's disgusting. Anybody remember the early 1900s when every country in Europe wanted to go to fight with each other? When Japan and China, Japan is attacking China that I had to remind Sonny Ono of the other night, you know, and things of that nature. And the whole world in every continent on the world is fighting over what? Control and power. Now, how, and if we don't learn from that, that anybody in control and power, what the fuck, the, what the hell did all those people die for? Yeah, mm-hmm. what they die for? It's it's the sick. Dad. Like, like my parent, my dad is 
as he always says, he's a brown man, Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. and he can't. He walks to the car with my mom. My mom's like almost my complexion, mm-hmm. and there's white guys that look at my dad, and and like give mad to my dad. I want to get his gun done. They look at him weird, and the first thing my dad says, my dad was a jailer for 21 years, okay, and he helped at on 9/11. And mm-hmm. he gets them to back down immediately by saying, I was a 9-11 responder where I live in Pennsylvania. It's a little mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. They immediately back down. Oh, thank you for your service, sir. <laughs> they immediately get off of it. As soon as he says, I was a 9-11 first responder, it's like, it's like he hits the fast foot, the, the, the whatever button. They're like, they go from, this big Spanish guy. And then they go, thank you for your service, sir. And I'm like, looking at these people like, you're a fucking idiot. He just was giving my dad a dirty look, wouldn't even put his gun in. And now you want to be his best friend. What the fuck? I don't know, bro. We live in a topsy-turvy world, and it's getting more topsy-turvy. And the thing is, as people, we cannot let politicians take everything and use it against us. Can't do it. Can't do it. And we got to get bad politicians out of office and hold good politicians to a higher level. Mm-hmm. That's just what's going Everybody has got this us against you mentality now instead of being everybody for everybody. Mm-hmm. That is the only way it works. If not, we cannot sit here as individuals in the United States of America and write books about how inverted thinking different wars and stuff like that has happened all over the world we can't even you know just early 2000 we was talking about terrorism muslims is how they put that word in your head muslims a muslim has to be bad you know what i'm saying they didn't say middle easterns this that and the other said muslims oh they got to be bad you know at the end of the day they're always implanting something in your head to be pissed off about yeah Mm. always so the people that really run this country have an agenda and their agenda is we're going to take care of one percent with all the money. All you other suckers, y'all gonna to have to get out there and scrape for what you got. And we're gonna make you believe you are part of it. We're gonna make you believe you are really a part of something, and you have a say in something. But at the end of the day, you really don't. And if you don't believe me, go back to January the sixth and look at Capitol Hill. That's all I gotta say about yep. it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. My dad cried that day, Stevie. He should have cried. My dad, my dad was in the. My dad. I can understand why he cried. Yeah. He was a police officer for 20 years, a jailer in Queens. Yeah. He's a jailer. He was in the car, came in, and his eyes were full of tears. He was like, I can't believe they did this. This is a I told you. I told you this was going to happen. I told you. You know what? Your dad and another person told me the same thing also. He said, this something is going to happen because it's just too much stuff going on. I didn't know it was going to be that, though. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to be that. But tell your dad I commend him on that. Are you I'll also a football him. or baseball fan? Yeah, I'm a big football fan. Who just asked me that? Uh, uh, Penn Tremming. So. I also do a sports show on Saturdays mm-hmm. on a radio station here in town. Mike, my, my, my cousin Matthew's in the chat. Matthew, remember that. <laughs> my cousin. What team do you like? My favorite football team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Steelers. Favorite, favorite football team since 1972. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And to this day, die hard. I'm not like a lot of fans huh. oh, that, that, that jump on board when things are going good. Okay, Stevie, if the price is right, Mike Tyson has been finding older people to get in the ring with him. Would you ever consider it? 
No, because I'm very astute individual. There you go, Matthew. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm a very astute individual. Okay. Thing is this. Mike Tyson is a legitimate pugilist. Do you know what that word means? All right? If you know anything about boxing, you know what that word means. Mm-hmm. In essence, I'm not going to challenge a carpenter how to build a house. No. I'm not going to challenge an engineer on how to build a bridge. I'm not going to challenge a pugilist as to how to put somebody on the critical list with gloves on. My mother didn't raise a few fool. My mother raised a very astute individual. Mm-hmm. And I'm not no prostitute for money. Because even if you got the money, how are you going to spend it? Because all of it is going to your doctor bills anyway. What if they put stipulations on it? Like you got to last three rounds. Yeah. What if they do that? The only way you yeah. get your money, you got to last three rounds. I ain't stupid, dog. Now I might want to go outside and fight. Yeah. I'm going to bust his ass up right upside the head with a Coke bottle. Okay? <laughs> but in a ring, no, I ain't stupid, bro. Not at all. I respect people's for whatever they do for a living. I respect it. Mm-hmm. I'm just built like that, bro. Mm-hmm. But I understand the question, though. But no, brother, uh, if I get some money, I want to spend it. <laughs> I like riding motorcycles and I like driving fast cars. <laughs> so... If my hips out of place, I can't even do none of them. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> you, know you don't want that. No, 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 no way. No, the price ain't right for me. <laughs> now, Mike say, "Hey, Stevie, I want to wrestle you. I put some. Ra- oh no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's we different. go now. And put some tights on. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a whole nother ball game." <laughs> Even for a million dollars, you want to fight Mike Tyson? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, we, they're gonna put stipulations on it. Okay, you can ask a um, seventy-five-year-old old lady. We'll give you a million dollars to fight Mike Tyson. What are you gonna say? Well, I won't hit a, I won't hit a lady. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Put it, put anybody else. Oh, I fight Mike Tyson for a million dollars. Yeah, but when they put stipulations, they the only way you can get your money. If you you gotta complete three rounds, nine minutes, then what you gonna do? Yeah, then you're in trouble. You better take a light, good life insurance policy out. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, man. I'm like, you ain't going three rounds with this dude, man, before he crack your ribs. Yeah. Now was it worth it? You wanted no. the money that bad that you might be disabled and be filing for social security now, and you're 35 years old. You know what I'm saying? Now, now you can't work no more for the rest of your life. Yeah. You, know, you, you file a disability. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Think, nobody thinks about the bigger picture. Yeah. It's just the money. But <laughs> when you're a prostitute for the money, you don't think about nothing but fellatio. You don't think about the outcome of the bigger picture. Yep. You got that. Yeah. Better, for, you better holler at your boy. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. Stay on your job, UPS, post office, whatever it may be. Stay on your job. Do your job good. Hey, man, you'll land on your feet. <laughs> what type of TV shows do you enjoy? TV? I don't look at a lot of television. No? <laughs> I really don't. My favorite show on television that I never missed, then all actuality, I just watched the last 
season, 2014, uh, I, I watched the last season on my fire stick. And it was 24. 24. With Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland, 24. Mm-hmm. I've been watching that show from when it came on. Show was on for about 10, 10, 10, about 10 years, I think. Nine or 10 my, years. That was my grandpa's favorite show. Yeah. I've never, uh, as far as television, I'm trying to think of a show that I really just couldn't miss on television. I mean, I can't think of one. I can take television or leave it, but 24? Uh-uh, brother. I had to tape that. Even when I wasn't home, I had to tape it. I was mm-hmm. infixed on Jack Bauer, bro. I hate, they took, I hate they took the show off TV. I'm still pissed off about it right now. If I see Keeper, <laughs> I see Keeper Southern, I'm getting knee-deep in his ass, man. <laughs> man, put that show back on, man. I, oh, I love that. That's the best show on television I've ever seen in my life, man. That's the best show I've ever seen in my life. The way, the, the, way it was, yeah. the way it was written, the way they put everything together, way how it was episodic and went from one thing to the next, and you learned so much. I'm like, how does somebody write this stuff, man? Even the little stuff. I'm like, whoa, brother, that's that's art, bro. Who you got for the NBA? I think if LeBron James and uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony get back together. If they get their injuries back together, I think the Lakers are going to be hard to beat. Mm-hmm. I think the Lakers are going to be hard to beat. They are really – because, see, what people don't realize, man, uh, Anthony Davis, very good basketball player, and he became a great basketball player once you put him on the basketball court with a basketball savant. A lot of people don't realize how smart LeBron James is. A lot of people look at numbers, and a lot of people look at – physicality and stuff like that. They don't realize this dude is a basketball savant. That is why he's gone to the finals 10 times with three different teams. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody has ever won titles or used the main man with three different teams. That means the only thing you got to do is put a, some guys around him. He's going to elevate all those guys to be better. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm saying he's a basketball savant. I'm going to show you how to be a champion or I'm going to show you how to play like a champion. Anybody can play great basketball, but that don't mean you're playing championship basketball. It's a big difference depending on the situation at hand. And I've watched LeBron James over the years and I'm like, you know what I'm watching? I've had debates with people on social media about this. When I compare LeBron James to uh, Michael Jordan, what I always say is, I don't even know if I'm looking at the best basketball player ever play. Mm. I say I might be looking at the greatest athlete to ever play. Mm. Athlete in any sport. I think LeBron James might be the greatest athlete I've ever laid eyes on. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I'm serious. Wow. I think LeBron James to play this long, and it wasn't for the other night when the guy went for the ball and, and hurt his ankle, you know, gave him the high ankle sprain. The guy is a millennium man nothing hurts him and he doesn't seem to slow down with age that's a different kind of individual bro that's a different kind of i ain't never had a hall of fame coach Mm. i ain't never had a hall of fame coach how many people that you know that became hall of famers and one of the best ever 
didn't have a Hall of Fame coach. Hmm. So in essence, I don't care who coaching. When I can take a Cleveland Cavaliers team back in 07, I think it was, to the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics that had three Hall of Famers on the team and possibly a Hall of Fame coach. Mm. You know, to go against the Boston and beat them, not in the finals, but in the semifinals. <laughs> and beat them. Yeah. But then he ran into San Antonio. Hall of Fame coach. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame player, three of them. That was hard to overcome. But do you remember anybody that he played with on that team? No. Not all of them went into disparity. All of them. But he had those nobody guys playing on a high level. And people, now, if somebody can come and debate me on that as far as Michael Jordan, did Michael Jordan ever do that? Mm. Michael Jordan never takes some nobodies to the finals? No, he got put out in the first round three times. Wow. I'm just saying, I honestly believe LeBron James might be the greatest athlete in the history of the United States of America. So, cause I think I think you and I think you and Stevie, that's the one that I answered asked you the question before. My cousin Matthew, mm-hmm. he's from uh, Long Island. Mm-hmm. I think you and Stevie would have a long conversation about basketball players, cause deep, <laughs> you would go deep. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, a lot of people look at what sports media tells them. Mm-hmm. If anybody remember this. During the coronavirus, this last dance thing came on about Michael Jordan. Yep. Does anybody remember that? Yeah, I remember that one. Remember the okay. last dance. And then every morning on the debate shows, it was getting talked about. On the debate shows. You know, ESPN and Fox and all that stuff. Does anybody really can put two and two together? Some people just can't put two and two together. First of all, that's not an accident. It's not an accident. Secondly, Nike, the Nike brand and the Jordan brand, we have to keep Michael Jordan relevant at a certain level because we have to sell this stuff to people all over the world. Now, if people start to think this next generation, LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan, how do we... Combat that. You put the last dance on during a pandemic when nothing else is on television and have everybody talk about it. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Completely. I totally that is understand why people that. cannot put two and two together. And every time I did a show about it, I talked about it the way it was. When George Bush numbers, mm-hmm. George Bush back in the early 2000s, when it's numbers, start to erode and go down. What did they do? Oh, an Osama Bin Laden tape comes out. Hmm. Right before the election. Hmm. What that tape been? Oh, we've been saving it just so people can vote. So the guy that's really fighting terrorism. What's the difference? You see how your mind can be guided into places and you don't even realize they're guided yep. into those places. Yep. 100%. See, Stevie Ray tells no lies. I've been yep. around the world twice. Okay, I do my homework. And you ain't got to believe me. But just like I told this Russo, yes. my boy, 
who is a devout Republican. Mm. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, so I talk about everybody. <laughs> but but I told him this. He didn't believe me. And he had to call me up one day. You know what he said? He said, Stevie, you was right. I said, you better start listening to your boy. <laughs> he said, you was right, man. I'm going to tell you what the situation was. We used to have discussions about Donald Trump. Got nothing against Donald Trump, brother. You put him in place to do what he has to do. But a lot of people don't realize, so they get brainwashed and start to believe, whatever. But I said, I'm going to tell you this. And this is before the elections went down. I told him this. I told him this. I said, the very people that put him in office are going to be the very people that destroy him. Yep. You didn't understand what I was talking about. I know exactly I said, what you said. Yeah, he didn't know what I was talking about. Oh, no, man. Trump's going to do this. Trump's going to do that. Okay. Whenever you think somebody got real power in a democracy, they really don't. But he made people think he did. And I said, brother, when the bomb come down like that, as soon as you're getting ready to go out, they throw you off Twitter. They throw you off Instagram. They throw you off Facebook. They could have threw him off four years ago. Yep. He was saying the same thing. But they do that. Then all of a sudden, oh, all the businesses don't want to mess with you no more. All the, the, the uh, golf courses, uh, we don't want his name on our stuff no more. Uh, Deutsche Bank out of Germany, you had to loan with. Turn your loans in, but we ain't loaning you no more money. <laughs> yup. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then you see this thing that happened on uh, January the 6th? Yeah. The day your dad was crying. Yep. Okay. Don't be surprised, bro. I said, now you, he had to come to me and tell me. I said, now you see what I'm talking about, bro? Don't never believe the first wave is all. Colonel L. Fletcher Prouty always said this. Anybody ever go out and read any of his stuff? Everything at this level. None of it happens by accident. Someone is behind it. This is a man that worked in special ops, a military liaison to the Pentagon. Okay? That was at top secret meetings and stuff like that. So you're going to tell me this man don't know what the fuck he's talking about? Yep. That's all I got to say about it, brother. Everything that we see, that television, that boob tube right there, when we watch pro wrestling, and you turn that station off pro wrestling and the pro wrestling show goes off. Guess what? Every other show you're looking at is showing pro wrestling also. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 They yep. just don't call it pro wrestling. Do that make sense to you? Yeah. yeah you, follow, you, follow, you following me on this? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. It's like wrestling without, without all the body slams in there. There you go. Suplexes, it's, man. It's like, I got you. It's, it's I got you. I grew up in centralized Long Island. Okay, there you I go. I grew up in a melting pot. I grew you up in a melting you, pot. People better start listening, bro. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, open your ears. What is the one way you make people not is a distraction? I'm going to make this person pissed at this. Anybody ever, remember I told you about the Wizard of Oz? Yep. Mm -hmm. That is why I like the Wizard of Oz. It's the story that people don't get. The only thing people talk think about is the Dorothy trying to get home. What does she have to do to get home? That's all people say. They don't think about the undertones of the real story. Look what she had to do to get home, though. 
and yeah. look what they thought the river really was. All the lightning and a big mean face. At the end of the day, he was just a regular man. Yep. Behind a curtain, making people do certain things because he could. Does anybody see? I got what you're saying. That picture? You see that yeah, picture? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would see it. If it wasn't for Toto, you would have never knew. Hmm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you remember the lion? Mm-hmm. He already had courage. He just didn't know it. Mm. Remember the tin man? Yeah. He already had a brain. He just didn't know it. See the difference? You see, you, you catching what I'm talking about here? Yeah. When they yeah. put things like this in theater, they want you to interpret it. But a lot of times you're not wise enough to interpret it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at what that thing was saying at the time it was written, and then you bring it all the way up till today and years in between, all you got to do is look at it and go, wow. It's not what the movie was showing. It's what whoever wrote that story was telling you subliminally without telling you. Yeah. I look at that movie a totally different way now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Remember, don't um, take away the entertainment part. You dig what I'm saying? Don't yeah, take yeah. that away from don't take that away from yourself. But now you're at an age of maturity. Whereas I can look at it for the entertainment, but I can also look at it for what the undertones is being told to me at the same time and not lose that entertainment experience from it. Yeah. Curious to know your stance on Tom Brady goat talk. Man, I'm going to tell you something, man. Oh, boy. Can't take away from the guy's, the guy's <laughs> uh, accomplishments, man. Golly. That, and you know what? In, in, in the system that Tom Brady runs, he's the best to ever do it. But the best quarterback to me that I ever seen personally is uh Peyton Manning. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was a but, he was a good you know, but I think the most successful quarterback is Tom Brady. But I think Peyton Manning is the most gifted quarterback I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But I think Tom Brady, when you get say GOAT, you know, yeah, on a success level, yeah, he's a GOAT. I gotta, I gotta admit that. Yeah. Anything else, guys? Yeah. So, um, one, well, I don't, um, since you're here on the show, we usually have the rest. The last guest we had, she did like a little clip saying, "Like you're watching dudes at Ringside Podcast." Would you mind doing that for us, Stevie? You, you're watching dudes. Oh, dudes. Yep. Okay. When do you, you want me? Yo, to do yo, it? You would have to say. Hey, this is Stevie Ray, and okay. you're watching Dudes at Ringside Podcast with the Metal Geek and Joe the Panther Jr. All right, ready, set, okay. go. Hey, this is Stevie Ray. You're watching – wait a minute. Let's start over. Okay, sorry. What's the, name, what's the name of your show again? Dudes at Ringside Podcast. Okay, do that. Okay, let's start now. Ready, set, go. Hey, this is Stevie Ray. You are watching Dudes at Ringside Podcast with the Metal Geek and Joe the Panther Jr., Somebody better holler at your boy. <laughs> Thank you, Stevie. Thank you so much. All right. You want to go with your question, Joe? All right. Um, uh, I already asked you the food question because I'm a foodie. <laughs> the movie question. Uh, yeah, what is your favorite? Watch, I got to get ready to watch my uh, 
Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, that's awesome! Oh. By the way, wait, that was, uh, that was that. another one. Yeah, I saw it last. Yeah, night. I'm, 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 me and Sonny, I don't know. Uh, we argue about that a lot too. Yeah, because okay. I had to get a lot of people straight about. I've had to discuss it. I didn't even know this movie was coming out. I had a, I had an idea because I saw that first Kong movie. So I knew Godzilla was going to be coming back. If you see the end of the Kong movie, remember the yeah, Kong yeah, Skull, yeah. Skull Island? So you yeah, knew, you know, the three-headed Hydra and all these guys were coming back. You just didn't know how. And uh, uh, people was asking me what I used to do. I used to do some stuff when I was preparing to do my podcast. I used to go on uh, Facebook and just talk to people right here in my dungeon. And uh, people start asking me about movies and stuff like that. And they should tell me, hey, I'm a big Godzilla fan. And then people say, well, what do you think Godzilla, King Kong is better than Godzilla? I'm like, look, man, Godzilla is a, let me see how I put it. Godzilla is a star. Yeah. <laughs> I said, King, King Kong is a character actor that was able to get in one movie. Yeah. And yeah. he's been living off that one movie for the rest of his life. Yeah. We made that movie I said, King of Kong is like Chubby Checker. Okay. Yeah, Godzilla is like the Rolling Stones. You see yeah. the difference? <laughs> so we used to have these crazy debates about this. And then I told people about how I went to Japan. You know, cuz. That's your cousin? Yeah, that's my cousin. Okay. That's I Matthew. To, I went to Japan and I went downtown Tokyo looking to buy my daughter a Godzilla doll. And nobody spoke English. Nobody knew what the hell I was talking about. They don't, <laughs> oh, they don't pronounce Godzilla the same way we do in yeah. Japan. So finally, somebody directed me to a, a mall. The mall is like one big tall building. Every floor has got different stuff on it. It's not like a big spread out stuff like we have here in the States. So uh, they finally got somebody to understand me. And they directed me to the eighth floor. And I get off the elevator at the eighth floor. And it's got everything known to man that's Godzilla. Wow. Oh, everything. <laughs> and I'm talking every single solitary thing. So I've. I picked this, finally found something that I could take home to my daughter. She's little at the time. And because uh, this was back when the Matthew Broderick Godzilla came out. Oh, you guys remember oh, that man, one? That one was a joke. <laughs> yeah, it was. But that was a fucking joke. They, they was giving it the big push so you could buy the little Godzilla dolls everywhere. So I remember buying one for my daughter. And I didn't like it, man. So, But, you know, she's little. She didn't care. She loved it. And so I wanted to bring her a real Godzilla. Yeah. So I bought her this thing about this big man in the box and it was remote control oh you put batteries man. in it and it walks yeah you know just like that and uh <laughs> i paid for it with my credit card because i didn't i didn't know how much you know what i'm saying nobody would even I, yeah <laughs> so i end up and i get on the bus the next day and i, I the japanese guys that that was uh on the tour with us i asked one of the japanese guys hey man how much did i pay for this man and he looked at it. And him and another Japanese guy was talking to each other. And I guess they were trying to calculate. He said, you paid $328 in a American Holy shit. <laughs> I, I said, what? what? You sure, I'm like, you sure you, got, you sure you got this right? And then him and the dude looked together. You know? Because they was kind of used to the difference between American currency and Japanese currency. They said, yeah, yeah, $328, and even you had it down to the cent, like some 33 cents or something like that. I'm like, damn, man, the Japanese dude ripped me off, man. But I got it home. 
that was in 1997 or 8? 1998, I think. And do you know, to this day, my daughter still has both of those dolls. Oh, wow. Shit. One of them's not in the box, probably, right? Not nine of them in the box. I'm just saying oh. she keeps them in her in her house. We, um, you know what I'm saying? We just went in my attic. My dad, I think it was last Saturday or Saturday before that, we found um, these box WWE. They, well, they're WWE now. They were WWF. They were like su- superstars. We have Andre. We had Macho Man. Oh, really? We, I looked him up online. Andre the Giant. I think it was like a hundred and it was the one when he had the red tights and the blue boots, blue boots, okay. red tights, hundred and something dollars. I was like, this the uh, right here. Why is it the WWE hasn't come out with the Harlem Heat with sensational Sherry yet? Well, we didn't work in WWE together. Yeah, I know. But they, but they got Harlem Heat stuff with me and my brother. Yeah, mm-hmm. they should have put Sherry. Yeah. That's your girl, man. You know, we have them as. We didn't even have stuff together with Sherry and WCW. Really? No. Wow. No, we had Harlem Heat stuff, but she wasn't a part of it. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing because when I was when we got you on the show, the first thing I did, I put a FaceTime with Metal Geek, with Armad, uh, ever so spiffy, and I cranked the Harlem Heat theme up. Yes, Metal mm-hmm. Geek. How much times did I play the theme song on the yeah. FaceTime call? Mm-hmm. Like 15 times. And I was yeah. going. Yeah, because see, the thing was, we were Harlem Heat before Sherry joined us, and we were Harlem Heat after Sherry left. Yeah. So, really and truly, even though we were Harlem Heat, it wasn't like we the Road Warriors. You always know them with Paul Ellering. Yeah. yeah. And you always knew uh, Sherry with so many different other people. So, she had her own individual stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that I don't have I don't have any more questions for uh Stevie no, Lance, do. do you? Yeah. Um do you do you listen to podcasts or um what was that? Do you listen to podcasts or um like what kind of a podcast do you enjoy if you do listen to other podcasts? I don't listen to podcasts. No? No. no. It's all right. I admit, listen to Joe Rogan every blue moon. That's what I was going to ask I really, you. Joe, yeah, Joe every Rogan. blue moon I catch some of his clips or something like that. But no, I don't really have time to listen to him. I don't listen to my own podcast. Oh, yeah, it's funny, ain't it? but I don't. I don't. That's funny, man. I just thought about that. I don't even listen to my own. <laughs> I do it, but I don't really listen to it, man. Every yeah. now and then I catch a clip or something on YouTube, and it'll remind me. Oh, I remember talking about that because I do so much of it that. I really don't have time to listen to it because I podcast sometimes three, four nights a week. Then I do one with Vince once a week, and then I do a radio show on weekends. So I'm doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you speak to Vince Russo, I know you do your podcast with him, and I know you say you don't really talk about other people's stuff. But if yeah. you get a chance to speak to Russo, tell him we'd be honored to have him on Dudes at Ringside Podcast. Hey, man, send him, on, send him a text or email or something. Does he mm-hmm. have Instagram? I guess, man. I don't keep up with him like that. so Okay, I understand. I don't know. <laughs> I okay, don't know, I just, man. I mean, it's, I'm just saying. I don't. I'll have to drop an email. You know, we do business together because we're under the same umbrella, and and that's about it. But what I do and what he do, you know, he don't talk to me about other stuff he do. I don't talk to him about other stuff I do. All right, I'm just who's, saying. Who's my favorite actor? Who's my favorite actor? Wesley Snipes. Oh, oh he's Snipes. a good actor. Yeah. Wesley. Yeah. Did you just watch um, uh, what's it called? Coming to Coming, coming to America, America too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what did you yeah. think of that one? 
I thought it was pretty good from what I saw. I thought it was pretty good. I like the original. The thing, the thing is, huh? I like the original better, though. I thought the original was way well, better. Well, you got to always watch an original, especially 32 years removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Better than an, another movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but the thing is, if you compare the first movie to the second one, then you just cheated yourself because yeah. they're not the same at all. Mm. Comedy has changed so much in 30 years. Actors mm-hmm. have changed so much over the last 30 years. Different different ways you make movies have changed so much over the last 30 years. So in essence, they weren't making that movie for the people that was in the late 80s. They was making that movie for the people of today. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. When it comes to art, so it's subjective and people compare. Oh, I didn't like this movie. The last movie was this. Well, that's because you're comparing them. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones, first yeah. the first one. And then you look at the second one. I can argue the second one was better than the first one. Mm-hmm. Two totally different adventures. Mm-hmm. If you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Two totally different adventures. Right. And they came out right behind each other. So you were still waiting for the journey to continue. Gotcha. I get it now because it's that in that era. Right. It's in that era. So yeah, one came out in like 83 and the other one came out in 85, something like that. So it was like, okay, man, you know, the, the journey is still, you know, and the stuff still exciting. Boom, 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 hitting hard. And I like both of them just mm-hmm. as much. I like the two. And there's a lot of movies like that. But when you don't have that big disparity of years in between, you're keeping that storyline kind of going, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because how many James Bonds did they do with Roger Moore? How many James Bonds did they do with Sean Connery? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But they're totally different kind of movies. But the Sean Connery, the first ones, all kind of I, right back to back, moving along. You see what I'm saying? Everyone yeah. argues that Roger Moore is better than Sean Connery, or Sean Connery is better than Roger Moore. So, well, that's the thing. One guy was a product of the '60s; the other guy was a product of the '70s. And exactly, 80s. you can't compare them, you know. But that, because the technology is growing, <laughs> yeah, the technology is growing, and the situations where a secret uh, a, 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 a spy has to go through, the kind of guys that this guy's dealing with are nothing like the guys this guy dealing with. So, so many variables that go into writing this stuff that people don't want to, they, they think everything's supposed to say the same. No, it evolves. That's what's great about art. It evolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like pro wrestling, man, it evolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, did you, I mean, here's what it is. Did you ever see any of the, uh, either like the ghost, I'm a Ghostbuster fan also, well, hence the name Ghostbuster Joe on Instagram. Uh, did you see, did you ever see the movie Ghostbusters? You know what? I'm going to be straight and honest about Ghostbusters. I think Ghostbusters was for the most idiotic bullshit I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody. But had, for know. the mid 80s, it was great. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. For mid 80s, it was great. I mean, I didn't like it or dislike it. I'm just playing with you. But yeah, I get it. <laughs> it was fun. It was funny. It yeah. one of my favorite movies, but it was funny, though, man. You know, it's like this guy's, man, golly. It's Saturday Night Fever type. I mean, Saturday Night Live type stuff. But it was funny. I'm trying to think of what movies I liked at that time in the mid-80s. Um, 
one of my favorite movies was Fifth Element growing up. What was that? Fifth Element was one of my favorite movies growing up. I must have seen it. Oh, okay. I remember, I remember that. Yeah. But man, the eight, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. The 80s had so many good movies. Good. They had yes. Blues Brothers, I mean, they had yeah. oh my god. Like, I remember all the back to the future stuff, man. I mean, you know, just oh gosh, yes. Oh, someone ever so spiffy says, Do you like Star Wars? Another one. Remember the first three Star Wars were right behind each other. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And that's why it was like one saga. You know, it was like Star Wars and then the um, Empire Strikes Back, I think. Uh, and I forgot what the other one was. Return to Jedi. All, Return to Jedi. They were all within six years of each other. So that's why you could compare the movies because it never it never got so far away from one movie, never got so far away from the other movie. And that's what I loved about when you're doing sequels. The sequels, it's like we need three movies to tell this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Instead of one movie in 1995 and another movie in 2007. And it's the same two guys. Damn! Yeah, somebody should be that got killed by then. You know, like Bad Boys with Will yeah. Smith. They do yeah. one in one in ninety five, ninety six, or whatever, and they didn't do the the, the next one till the late two thousand, two thousand six, yeah. two thousand seven. Yeah, and I'm like, well, damn, brother, they ain't even the same two dudes no more. Yeah, it's too yeah. late, huh? It's too late to make another one. I mean, I, but that's, yeah, so. yeah. I ain't saying it's too late. It's just the fact that. To get the most out of them, to me, they got to be still the same two guys. Yeah. If you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If one, one guy is married with kids in 96. Well, in 2007, 2008, the kids grown now. Yeah. <laughs> Probably in college already. Yeah. I mean, think about that. The kids are grown now. They're like 10, 11 years old. And now... This movie is more than 10 years later. They're 21 years old now. Yeah. So then your wife, you and your wife, 10, 11 years, 12 years together. And I'm like, well, how is this the same? Oh, I, I just didn't get it, man. So then they do a movie, what, a couple of years ago? Bad Boy yeah. for Life? No, 2020. Yeah. Is that 2020? Yeah, yeah I mm-hmm. think it was. Mm-hmm. I think it was, maybe it was. What, 13 more years of testing that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever, bro. They're supposed to be retired from the police I mean, department I know, by now. I don't know if you saw the movie Borat. They made that movie. Uh, I thought the second one was pretty funny as well. I did too. I yeah, loved I, it. I, 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 the, the second one was, I mean, the f- first one, you can't beat the first one, but the second one was still cracking me up the well, whole see, time. That's the, that's the thing, though. Uh, Sasha Born Corn wasn't trying to do the first movie again. You're trying to do something this different. This is the adventures of Borat. Yeah. He can't do the same shit every time you see him. Yeah. <laughs> he got to do different stuff. And that's the thing when it comes to artistic stuff. People don't know how to separate the two. As an mm-hmm. artist, you don't want to stay in the same lane. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you see what I'm saying, you don't want to stay in the same lane. Yeah, the guy's an artist. And boy, what more pranks can he have after this? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because <laughs> at the end of that one, 
He was doing that. What was he at the end of the movie? He was like, spoiler alert, if anybody hasn't seen the movie yet, <laughs> they were doing stuff on the internet, like trying to like make, mess up the election for like the other guy. So how do you, what do you do now? <laughs> what do you do now for Borat? That's, that stuff is genius to me, man. It's yeah. just, that whole just movie genius, was brilliant. Man. Yes. Brilliant. That so. whole movie, the way he did that was bread. And the way he, the first week it came out, he made it free. So we all could watch it and watch it together. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah, these I, I, felt, uh... I felt the timing of the movie was perfect too, because where movie theaters were closed, yeah, nobody could go anywhere. Right. He made, Sasha Baron Cohen made the effort to come out and make people laugh, which was actually yeah. really and the good. stuff that happened in the movie. Come on, you gotta tell me the truthy <laughs> stuff he did to Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying, to figure, I'm trying to figure out Rudy Giuliani right then and there, you a crook. You fell for that. I mean, really, dog. That means you really trying to be out there as a celebrity. You Thank fell you. for that, dog. No. Come on, man. I ain't falling for that. No. <laughs> you ain't getting me on that. Now, come on, no Rudy. Way. Where you been, man? You walking <laughs> around there with the thing on your nose going 9-11. Yeah. You know, trying oh, yeah. to be the first responder. Yeah, you know, and now you're getting suckered into this. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, what happened? No, dog. What happened? Dude? Yeah, no, because I'm, you're trying to be a celebrity. Yeah, get caught up with this shit. But anyway, bro. Mm -hmm. Anyway, guys, I gotta hear. I gotta get out of here. I've been on. The All right, Stevie. I want to thank okay. you so much for coming on our thank show. Thank you, you so no much for coming on the show, Stevie. It's like yeah, no, we had we had the blast and. uh it's just know. a great time. Cool, brother. Yeah. All right. Favorite song of all time. That's the last question, I guess we'll get. Yes, right. okay. Uh -huh. Gotta let him go, guys. He's gotta go. Favorite song of all time. Damn, I don't know. Uh. I don't know because I got so many great songs in my head man but uh i don't know man every time i think of one i think of another one that man i i'm a i'm a bit of music guy since a little bitty kid man so i got ten thousand zillion songs in my head man that's why my music on my uh on my phone probably got i have to put them in categories man mm -hmm. because um I have uh, hip hop R and B. No, just hip hop by itself. And then I got uh, what I call um, uh, power on. It's it's <laughs> like my it's like my uh, any song. It can be any song and it can be, you know, from any genre. Then I have a list of those. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then I have a uh, pop music. Yeah. And my pop music will consist of, I don't know, a lot of rock, a lot of uh, pop music from the 80s and 90s and stuff like that. Then I have a dance category. And like I say, then I have a 60s category. Yeah. Music from the 60s and maybe the 50s. And uh, 
that's uh and every now and then i'll play music for a couple of seconds on my podcast just to let people uh come in with a little music then cut it off before i get in trouble and then i go out with a little music before i get in trouble and uh that's why I don't play any music on my podcast because the Twitch would take it right down. We were gonna, well, you can't, you yeah. can't play it for a long period of time. Uh-huh. We were gonna make you. We were gonna have you come into the Harlem Heat theme, and then he's like, "No, we can't do that, dude. We're gonna get in trouble." Oh, <laughs> man, you, you can do that because nobody really owns the copyright stuff other than Vince. He don't care. Okay. Yeah. I just guess. I just. I was gonna make it a cool. I, I can't even remember what I said in my intro for you, but I. I. I Blanked, and I don't think I said Hall of Famer, but yes, fans. Okay. This man's yeah, a beautiful. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he had a beautiful career. So if like, you have to go, uh, Stevie, we'll, we'll, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for coming on, by the way, Stevie. Thank you again. Uh, thank you. No problem, guys. Come back in the future, you know. It, we'll, we okay, can, we'll have you on future episodes. That kind of stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good stuff right there. It's only my mom. She's playing in the car. My mom calls it troublemaker music. She plays it in the parking lot of my job. And then she said about Muslims, my bet my managers at Key Food, they're both Muslim. Mm-hmm. So when people start trouble with them, I go, I'm like, I'm five one. So I go from like happy, friendly Joe Stock and Shelf to want to throw cans at people's heads. I'm like a little pit bull. You know, <laughs> one of my one of my Muslim buddies, his dad, man. Just always trip me out. And he goes, Hey, Stevie, you don't want to mess me up, man. I'll come to your house and blow it up. (laughs) 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 You know, you don't want to make me mad, man. You know, and I'm like, Man, just it's just you're making my stomach hurt with some of the stuff he's saying. But that's what I'm talking about, man. He can joke about that, he can make a joke about himself. Mm -hmm. In that way, so I I gotta respect him for that. Because I know he's just being sarcastic, bro. But that's the label that's been put on him, and he's joking about it. Because if you got any common sense, this man just a hardworking man that go to work, come home just like everybody else. Yep. But, you know, I, I don't get it, bro. But, man, anyway, appreciate it, you guys. I, I pre- No, we appreciate it. No, you have you no so idea. Much. Thank you. Okay, I, can't, I can't – we can't explain – how grateful we are to have a Hall of Famer and a straight talker. It like talks you, the truth, Steve. too. You, you speak hey, the truth. And this nickname doesn't... You, I, Just tell I it like it, it is, bro. Yeah, that's you got to be I, these I, things. I ain't afraid to tell it like it is, and I ain't brainwashed to believe one thing from another. I do my own research. I appreciate it, too. Yeah. Do your own research, brother. It's it's, it's a eye-opening thing to anybody out there that's listening. Mm-hmm. You know, so hey, appreciate right. it, guys. Talk to right. you guys later. Take All care, right, Stevie. Have a nice Take day. No problem. As uh, Lance, you want to say goodbye? All right. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. This was a great show. Um, thank you so much, everyone. All the love and support. We can't thank everybody in the comments below for your questions anything and please if you have anything um we have also a donation page in the comments below so if you want to donate whatever you don't have to because but if you want to go ahead support it's like this show is 110 percent free 
But yeah. if you feel the need, there's a donation page on the bottom of the screen. And you can remember, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and also you could subscribe to us on YouTube. So this is the Metal Geek signing out and... And this is Joe the Panther Jr. saying, as I say all the time, I would like to thank my grandfather. I would like to thank my cousin and my grand- grandfather, Jose Quinones, my cousin, Pete Sanchez, and my uncle's cousin, um, part of his family. Thank you for lighting the way for Latino wrestling. And thank you so much for our guest, Stevie Ray. Thank you, this is Joe the Panther Jr. and the Metal Geek signing off. See you later, fans. See you next Monday.